Microphone check. One, two, what is this? This is the Instant Replay Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dominic Shirosky, and welcome, welcome, welcome. Hold on, I forgot to hit the music. And... We got a lot to talk about today. Um, Big news, it seems like sports is getting back, but I'm going to let the music play for a little bit. I found this beat on like TikTok and it's like my favorite thing in the world. Now I went ahead and made this like my ringtone and everything, <laughs> but all right, that's enough of that. But yes, as always, this is the instant replay podcast. I'm your host, Dominic Shirosky, and we have pretty good amount to talk about. You know, I was, you know, when all of this Corona shenanigans started and I was really worried about what I was going to come on here and talk about. And thankfully, I've there's been a a steady enough influx of constant sports news. Some of it not as important as others, but there's been a steady stream of things for me to talk about. Um so we're going to we got some really important things actually. We're going to start off with Jordan because he's the goat. Um but yeah, so this Sunday was the final two episodes of The Last Dance. Um Oh boy. You know, it's I'm I'm really sad seeing it come to an end just for the simple fact. It's like what am I supposed to do with my Sundays now, you know? Um I was I super enthralled and super interested and intrigued and just entertained um by these last five weeks watching this doc. Um I can't wait for, you know, all like now that all the episodes are out, I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna have a day where I just sit back and binge watch the entire series. Um because I feel like it, it, especially with the way that it's non-linear, I feel like it is supposed to be watched um, in one sitting, as crazy as that sounds, or maybe not in one sitting, but it's not supposed to be watched, you know, weeks apart. I feel like it is supposed to be watched in a relatively short time, um, but happy that that's that we got that ESPN did a really good job, ESPN, Netflix, all of them, you guys did a really good job of putting this stuff out, um, giving us our sports fix for the last five weeks. Um, but let's actually talk about the episodes. So these is where the episodes, um, we got to look into one of the things that I thought was really cool was actually being able to look into a little bit of Steve Kerr's life and how they spoke about, um, the relationship that he had with Michael, um, and how, they both lost their fathers in tragic events. Um, they talked about how Steve Kerr's father was murdered, and uh, when he went to when he was with the Lebanese, and you know things like that. And 
it's funny. Steve Kerr talked about how they actually, he and Jordan never talked about their fathers. Like they never had a moment where they were like, you know, um, you know, Hey, how did this happen? Or how did this make you feel like it was kind of just understood between those two? Um, I also thought a, a really great scene was when they're drawing up the play in the, uh, the Utah Jazz series the first time and Steve Kerr is set is set up to hit the uh, game winner. <laughs> and uh, Jordan tells him before the play starts, he's like, hey, Steve, you know, be ready. Jordan being real calm and cool and just, hey, Steve, be ready. And they show the video and Steve Kerr's like a kid in a candy store, super kidding, is like, oh, yeah, I'll be ready. I'll be ready. I'm going to be ready. I got this. Like, it's it was really funny seeing the juxtaposition of Jordan, who clearly has been there multiple times by that point, um, being cool, calm, and collected. And then you got Steve Kerr, who <laughs> it was just super giddy and all that. It was really good. But um, I love what they – I love how they talked about the, the Pacers series and um, – you know, watching Reggie Miller talk. Reggie Miller was a killer, dude. I don't think I don't think enough people really respect Reggie Miller. I don't think enough people. So this is off on a little bit of a tangent, but I feel like people, especially from my generation, who have grown up watching the most talented era of basketball. Like when you look around the league, there's clearly more talent in the league right now than there has ever been. However, I feel like because of that, and this is also part of just human nature, the younger generation kind of obviously feels like their generation is better. So they may be poo poo on past generations and things like that. Um, I'm not one of those individuals. I always say the eighties and nineties is the best era of basketball point blank period. Um, but I feel like a lot of people don't respect a ton of the stars from that, from those eighties and nineties eras. Um, and like I said, I feel like people from my generation sit back and they're like, like I, I saw on, on Twitter, someone posed a question who would win the, uh, 98 bulls or the, uh, 2000 and was it 16 or 17, whichever Warriors team that went, uh, that had Kevin Durant on it the first time, I believe the first time they had Kevin Durant and, you know, everyone was like, I saw a bunch of people who were around my age and was just like, Oh, Warriors and five, they wouldn't know what to do with Kevin Durant and all this other stuff. And I'm like, I think y'all really don't know how good of a defender Dennis Rodman was. I don't think y'all know how good of a defender Scottie Pippen was. I don't think y'all know how good of a defender Michael Jordan was. Like, I feel like because there's so much recency bias and because we didn't grow up in the past eras, we immediately dismiss the conversation when that should not be the case. Um, that Bulls team would win, by the way, just to <laughs> clarify that. But, um, yeah, man, it was it was crazy. And then the game where Scotty was cramping up and or not cramping up, having back problems. There is there actually is a game where um, that they did not talk about that I saw I, I saw an article published um, where the uh, one of the trainers accidentally brought the wrong drink. Like they didn't bring Gatorade, they brought some other drink. Um, 
and it gave like the whole team cramps in the finals, um, which was interesting. I don't know. As I saw the article and things like that, I'm not sure how true that is, but I, I did read that article that um, said that there was some situation with the Gatorade where the whole Bulls team was like cramping in like game four of the Utah Jazz series or something like that. But, um, oh, speaking of the Jazz, shout out to John Stockton. Um, seeing him was actually really cool, even though he looked like a middle school principal. <laughs> um, but seeing John Stockton up there was really cool. I'm a big fan of John Stockton. I think he's a great player, um, great guy, too. Uh, so seeing him kind of sit there and talk was really cool. It, it's been really cool just watching all of these people, all of the individuals, speak on these situations and also one of the things that it really points out whenever they have other people talk is you sit there and you realize how many just how many people don't have rings because of the bulls because of jordan and pippen and phil jackson like think about how many people don't have rings you have charles barkley who doesn't have one uh that utah jazz team with john stockton and carl malone um, you have Reggie Miller, you have Patrick Ewing, you have, you know, um, what Dominique Wilkins, you have, I mean, it's tons of guys, Clyde Drexler. Um, it just, it, the list, Horace Grant, uh, well, I, well, Horace played with the Bulls, but against Michael, um, you know, Penny Hardaway, uh, it's, it's a lot of guys that, Gary Payton and Sean Kemp like it's a lot of guys that don't have rings because they simply came up in the wrong era like Charles Barkley if he probably plays yeah if Charles Barkley and that Suns team plays any other team that year in the finals like any other Eastern Conference team in the finals that year maybe they win you know um but yeah it's just it's it's really insane to think how many people, like how many Hall of Famers are ringless right now because of Jordan. Um, I still, there was uh, another great moment when uh, Jerry Reinsdorf is talking about how um, the team wouldn't have been able to come back together and how they would have had to disassemble the team and Jordan, like they should. Well, I was going to say the best the best parts of this documentary have hands down been whenever they hand Jordan the tablet and let Jordan listen to what someone else was saying about him or the team. Um, and watching Jordan listen to that um, was super interesting. And then Jordan coming back and saying, you know, it eats at him to this day that they weren't able to keep that team together and that he would have loved to have gone for seven you know, and he said, you know, if it, it was like, if we would have brought Phil back, I would have been in, Dennis would have been in, um, Steve would have been in, Scotty would have taken some convincing, but if you have me and Phil there, Scotty would have been on board, and maybe we go and we get our seventh, but it was interesting seeing how he admitted that, like, that still bothers him to this day that they didn't go th go for that that things kind of fell apart and, you know, it was crazy after that 97, um, uh, after that, uh, excuse me, that 97, 98 year, 
you know, they showed everything that happened afterwards. You know, Phil Jackson was replaced. Um, Michael Jordan retired. Scottie Pippen was uh, traded. Dennis Rodman was released. Steve Kerr was traded. Also, Dennis Rodman being released is hilarious because I can only imagine what the next pull, like what the next coaching staff tried to do with Dennis Rodman. Like, imagine, I can only imagine them telling Dennis that, no, you can't do some of the stuff he did. Also, speaking of Dennis, can we talk about how amazing Dennis Rodman is, even though we all kind of knew this already? Dennis Rodman just in the middle of the finals, in the middle of the finals, skips out on practice to go and perform in the WCW. Like, he's up there with Hulk Hogan and everybody in NWO, hitting people, yeah, hitting DDP with chairs and, like, just... Dennis Rodman made the rules. <laughs> and I love I love that when Dennis came back, though, it was just like, you know, Jordan was happy that he was back, you know, saying Rodzilla and all this other stuff. And it was just like, us another, could you imagine, could you imagine sitting there for the entire game or that entire practice in the finals, Dennis Rodman is nowhere to be found. Everyone's like, yo, where the hell is Dennis? Later on that night, you're flipping through the channels in your in your apartment or in your hotel or wherever. And you're flipping through and you see Dennis in the middle of the ring with Hulk Hogan. Could you imagine <laughs> the amount, like the level of shock and awe that that would have created? Like, you, I know they were all sitting there like, this mother effer here, you got to be kidding me. Um... Also, smart move by Dennis Rodman, by the way. He, he's a businessman. Dennis Rodman got two hundred and like got like two hundred fifty thousand dollars for that appearance, and ended up only being fined like fifty thousand. <laughs> so, smart, smart business move by Dennis. Um, but yeah, it's it was great. I love that Jordan spoke about the quote unquote flu game. Which, by the way, people in Chicago and individuals from Chicago like myself have always known that that was not a flu game. Some people thought it was the flu game. Some people thought it was a hungover game. Everyone in Chicago always knew, no, it was food poisoning. Like, everyone in Chicago always knew it was food poisoning. I'm happy that Jordan came out and actually admitted that, you know. Um, I think it's funny that, like, you know, and a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of a shade to his trainer. They got five guys pulling up to deliver one pizza. There's no way in hell I'm letting Jordan eat that pizza. Now, granted, reports are that uh, Jordan spit on the pizza so no one else could eat it. <laughs> um, classic Jordan move. Yeah, classic Jordan move there. But um, apparently he ate the whole thing and they said at like 2 in the morning, Jordan was just huddled up in a ball next to the toilet throwing up. Um, and then, of course, came out and dropped like 38. So Jordan doing Jordan things. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, this whole, I think it's been, it's been a great education for people who, like I said, who are in my age group, who didn't get to grow up with Jordan, who didn't get to live in that era. Um, and also get to realize like Jordan, I believe even without social media is probably the most famous person to ever walk the earth. I don't know if there's a single person who's more well-known as well as well-liked than Jordan is. 
Like, I really don't think that people realize the level of celebrity Jordan was. Um, basketball is big across the globe because of Jordan. You know, um, when the Dream Team went down there and put on the show and showed everyone, like, how good a team can be and how great the game looks, um, and Jordan was leading it, that did a lot for – that's why back they showed um, um, David Stern, rest in peace to him, uh, being there in, in one of these seasons, you know, when he was giving Jordan his all-star – he, I think Jordan won an all-star MVP, and he was giving him the, the trophy for the all-star. And he was like, you know, we hope you'll be back to get it again next year or something like that. And, you know, but he was – you could see David Stern did not want Jordan to leave. Um, yeah, also – and then they had the thing where, like, people thought that Jordan was under the table, suspended by David Stern for his gambling problems. And I'm like, why would David Stern – suspend his most prized and most profitable asset it's not gonna happen um but the last dance this doc absolutely incredible um they did a phenomenal job with it i can't wait to sit down and watch it all the way through because i'm sure i will at some point in the future but really great it's just absolutely incredible um i think the most impressive thing, I think that 98, that 97-98 championship ring might be the most impressive. Um, because you have to think, the teams that they had to face, you had to go up against the Pacers, you had to play um, the Jazz in the finals. But not only that, you had the mounting pressure of knowing that this is you all's last year together. Um, I think winning everything with that much pressure against that tough competition um, is insane. You know, like, I, I and I said this from the very jump, you know, imagine if some general manager came out in today's day and age and verbally said, hey, this is, this this is you know, said coaches last year. Like, imagine if in Miami, you know, uh, they came out and said, hey, uh, this is going to be Eric Spolster's last year coaching. It doesn't matter if he goes 82-0 and and we win a championship. He's going to be gone. Imagine the firestorm that would be in the media – like everything, it's just, it was so weird seeing that, you know, Scotty obviously is like, well, bump this, I'm out. Um, Scotty wanted to be traded. Uh, Jordan's talking about retiring. He's probably like, it's just, it's a lot. It was a lot. And to win against all odds with that much pressure, absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. So shouts out to them. Um, this was super educational, super entertaining, um, super inspiring. Um, but the last dance is over, sadly, and now we have nothing to do on Sundays. <laughs> um, uh, keeping it in the NBA, practice facilities are starting to open back up. Um, 
I, sp- I spoke about this last week. Listen, man, it seems like we're getting back to uh, sports. You know, UFC uh, is is back. They're having events. Uh, you had NASCAR uh, this past weekend, I believe. NASCAR came and they, you know, ha- did their stuff. NASCAR obviously is, I think, I'm surprised NASCAR was actually not the first sport back now that I think about it because you fans aren't essential and there's not a whole bunch of human interaction in NASCAR as far as the actual performance of it. Uh, but NASCAR was back. We had the little golf tournament with uh, uh, Rory McIlroy and Dustin Johnson and and and, and Wolf and uh, Ricky Fowler. So even though that was kind of a snooze fest, um, <laughs> you know, the thing with that is when you have, so in, in this day and age, when you're not going to have fans there, you don't need to still treat it like it's a regular golf game, I don't think. Because, like, golf golf is a great game to play. It's a horrible game to watch because you're watching guys just walk around for the most part. You know, there's not a whole bunch of trash talk. The announcers are always, and he's teeing up the shot. That's a good one by Ricky. That one traveled about 600 yards. And he's got the birdie. Like, it's so, it's so lackadaisical. And, you know, so I feel like, now granted, what I do hope is that this golf tournament coming up this upcoming Sunday uh, will be much better. Uh, The one with, uh, Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning versus uh, Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. I really hope that uh, they allow guys to be themselves. Like, give us some character. Give us some juice. Don't make it be a snooze fest like this past one was or like the last time you guys did a pay-per-view match between Tiger Woods and, and Phil Mickelson and it was a complete dud because it's... Like, I want guys to sh- be emotional. I want guys to be themselves give us the trash talk give us the juice make it exciting because quite frankly golf is not a fun sport to watch anywho that's my golf tangent i'm not going to spend too much on golf um i brought up the ufc the ufc did have some uh a card this past weekend uh obviously the big card was walt harris versus alistair um overeem um overeem won in the second round by tko uh, the big news, though, is that Walt Harris was fighting again. <clears throat> For those of you who don't know, this was actually Harris's first fight since his uh, stepdaughter passed away last year. Um, and, you know, so it was just good seeing him get back into the ring. Walt Harris is a guy who, if you ask people in the MMA world, people love Walt Harris um, and say he has a ton of potential. But for whatever reason, he just can't put it all together. Because um, when you look at him, his size, his like he has raw talent, um, but he just never is, never seems to really break out, you know. Like and and Walt's thing is he never wins the big fight, you know. He never wins the main card. He never, you know, against the real challengers, 
he never really stands up. He's seven and seven in the UFC. Um, he's been doing this for a little bit now, but uh, it's just it's it's a little rough watching him fight sometimes because you look at him and when he loses, it's like sometimes when he performs, it's like you should be so much better than you are. Um, oh, whoops! I forgot to turn my notifications off on my phone. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, I'll check out that ESPN update in a little bit. But um, more than anything, though, it was good to see Walt back in uh, in the ring. Good to, that he's you know finally getting himself back right, and he can get back with into doing what he loves. Because obviously, losing losing a child is a huge tragedy that no one should have to go through. Um, but it was good seeing him uh, get back in there. Um, and doing what he loves. So shout out to Walt. Shout out to Harris. Shout out to Overeem <laughs> um, for winning the fight, actually. Uh, but lastly, um, I do want to talk about the NFL. So we're going to get the small stuff. Well, not small stuff because this isn't this. Two of these are important um, and sad to hear about. But there is a main thing in the NFL that I do want to talk about. Um, but a uh, couple of the footnotes, um, DeAndre Baker and Quentin Dunbar. <sighs> um, so DeAndre Baker and Quentin Dunbar were, they had warrants put out for their arrest for armed robbery in Florida. Um, apparently what ended up happening was a few days prior, DeAndre Baker and Quentin Dunbar were in some sort of gambling game. And one of the witnesses alleges that they lost about $70,000. So they come back a couple of days later. And now we don't have all of the information. Now, from what I can assume, I don't, I don't think that two NFL players who have made combined so far in their, in their careers combined at least $10 million probably. I don't think that those two guys are worried about $70,000. So I don't think this was a, oh, we're going to get our money back. I feel like what happened was they lost the 70000 and they came back and said, you know what? We're going to do this again. We're going to gamble again. I feel like what might have happened was they won. They actually got on a, uh, on a heater and won a lot of money. And the individuals that they were gambling with either did not have the money or were like, we're not going to pay you the money. And then that's when stuff started getting crazy and weapons were drawn. Um, also, I talk, in the article, I saw that they were talking about like they had three getaway cars. And I'm like, yeah, those aren't getaway cars. Those are just their regular cars. Like one of the witnesses said that, the, you know, they drove off in one of the getaway cars and it was a Lamborghini. I'm like, well, okay, that's not a getaway car. That's probably just the car that they drove there in. Like, it's probably DeAndre Baker or Quentin Dunbar's car, obviously. Like, duh. And then also, if you're going to pull off a robbery, you're probably not using three separate cars. You're probably all driving in one car and then eventually going and breaking up or switching to another car. I learned that from watching The Town great movie with Ben Affleck um but I mean it's it's sad to hear especially young young players like this so one of the things that really hurts the young guys 
in this quarantine um, is that and Pat McAfee on the Pat McAfee show, who you all should definitely listen to. He's incredible. He's funny. Him and his whole team, they're great. He was talking about this. And he talked about how after your rookie year is the first time in a very long time as an athlete, you have freedom. Um, it's like, cause you got to think like in high school, you're always working. Like you're, you know, even during the summer, like you're doing your summer camps and, you know, practicing with the team, stuff like that. You get to college and, you know, you're, you're always training and all this other stuff. And then you get drafted and you go to the NFL and it's like, okay, you're doing OTAs, you're doing rookie mini camps. And then it's, training camp and then it's the preseason and then it's a regular season and then finally the season ends and then it's like all right well we'll see you in like three and a half months and for a lot of guys that's the first time in a very long time that any of them have had the opportunity to have that much free time to themselves and so you have young guys who have a ton of money who are going to do the only thing that they know to do. They're probably going to go back home. A lot of them come from homes or situations and neighborhoods that they've been spending their entire lives trying to get away from. So you send these guys back home and now they're around a whole bunch of people who now know that they have money, who probably are going to be pressuring them to do stuff. Like there's so much that goes on. And I think with this quarantine, that time period has been extended. So you're seeing guys just having more idle time. And idle time is the devil's playground. Um, I was really saddened to hear this. Ed Oliver was also arrested. Like, it's been a lot going on, especially with the younger guys. And it it really sucks because you think about these guys like DeAndre Baker was a first round draft pick. Ed Oliver. I actually, I've actually, Ed Oliver was also a uh, first round draft pick. I've actually sat down and interviewed Ed Oliver. Good kid. Couldn't believe when I saw that he was getting arrested um, and things like that. And like, you know, Ed Oliver is a great guy. Like I said, I've interviewed him before. Um, great guy. Um, down South kid loves riding ATVs and horses and stuff like that. But these guys are getting all this idle time because of the pandemic. And we're starting to see the negative aspects of it. Um, now, Quentin Dunbar and his team have come out and said that he was not a part of the robbery. DeAndre Baker has now um, turned himself into uh, the authorities. So we will see what happens. But it's especially in DeAndre Baker's situation. It's like you know, Quinn Dunbar's team is that is at least putting up a defense, saying that you know I wasn't a part of the robbery. I haven't heard anything like that from DeAndre Baker's team. So if anything happens, though, it's like it, if you're the Giants, it's going to be really tough to keep him. You know, and it. It sucks because you have young individuals who have so much talent. DeAndre Baker is an extremely talented individual. And now you might have just thrown away your chance in the NFL over gambling, over a gambling game, over a card game or a dice game or whatever it was. Um, so it's, it's 
it's really sad when stuff like that happens. Um, you know, hopefully we still need the full story to come out. Um, so we'll see what happens there, but it just <sighs> disheartening. I will say disheartening to hear this. Um, but like I said, we have to see what else happens. We have to wait and hopefully we'll get the full story. And, you know, luckily no one was injured. Um, no one was shot, things like that. So we'll see what happens with this case, but just very sad, very sad seeing guys throw away opportunities. Um, but sticking with the NFL, and this is the last thing that I want to talk about, and this was something that I saw and uh, spoken about when, in, when the news came out, Adam Schefter released it, and I saw it, and immediately I was furious. Um, Roger Goodell, you know, only Roger Goodell could mess this up. <laughs> Roger Goodell was living on cloud nine. Because Rob Manfred in the MLB has clearly put himself, <clears throat> excuse me, has clearly put himself front dead center in the face of the media as the worst commissioner in all of sports. Calling his own trophy, calling the MLB trophy, which is called the, or the World Series trophy, which is literally called the commissioner's trophy, a piece of metal, um, his complete just fumbling of this Houston Astros thing. Rob Manfred has looked absolutely terrible and no one has loved it more than Roger Goodell because Roger Goodell is always the guy that everyone hates when it comes to commissioners. Um, Roger Goodell is really trying hard to win back that most hated commissioner tag. So the NFL came out with a plan that has not been passed, but Essentially, the NFL said, hey, if you hire more minority head coaches, we will give you more draft picks. And immediately I saw that and I said, so now you're demeaning minorities and making them assets for draft picks as opposed to to giving them real opportunities to be head coaches, to be scouts, to be general managers, to be owners, all of those things. And I was, I, I could not believe that I, what I read, like it felt like something like there's a guy on Twitter who impersonates a lot of other, um, uh, media sports media guys um and insiders like he does it a lot with adam schefter and all this other stuff and a lot of people believe it's adam schefter like the guy does a good job of like making his profile look real sometimes and stuff like that it's kind of funny but like this seemed like something that this imposter would have posted and so like i had to check to make sure this was the real adam schefter and it was and i was like how in the world is this even a question? How is this your solution? Like, how about we actually just give minorities a chance? How about we give black and Hispanic and everyone else 
real opportunities to be head coaches, to be scouts, to be assistants, to be general managers. Because this literally comes off as you have to bribe these racist owners to hire black people so that way, yeah, like you have to bribe them with draft picks. Which, oh, by the way, that draft pick is probably going to be a minority because the majority of the league is African-American. And I just... I was I was extremely furious about this. Like I could not believe how tone deaf. Like it's it's and that's exactly what it, it's tone deaf. Like I don't understand how anyone I don't understand how this leaked. Because if this leaked, that means that it was getting traction. And that's the most important thing is that Usually when things, when really ridiculous ideas like this get planted out there, we usually don't hear about it because in those owners meetings with the commissioner, um, they're really hush-hush sometimes, and we don't ever hear everything that they talk about. But the things that we do hear are because people are talking about it, and it's getting some traction, and that's what's scary, is the fact that we are hearing about this means that it was a real topic of conversation and it was a serious thought. And that is absolutely despicable. I mean, it's completely asinine. And my thing is like, how would you enforce this? Like what's to stop a team from hiring a bunch of minorities one year to get a bunch of draft picks and then firing them the next year? What are you going to do? Like the implementation of this idea, which is already ridiculous, implementing it would be close to impossible. I mean, it just, I, it really shocks me the world we live in where things like this are still a problem. In the year 2020, there's so much hate and so much, such a disparity between the treatment of minorities in America as opposed to Caucasians. And I have no words. I, I, I have no words. Um, Sam Acho, who is a former, uh, NFL athlete does a lot of stuff for ESPN. Now he was talking about it and he made a point where he was like, you know, I it's dis the rule is disrespectful, but I'd rather be disrespected and equal. And basically Sam was saying that he's in favor of this. I'm here to tell you that that's an absolutely asinine statement to make. And it's a ridiculous standpoint. You are not equal. If you are disrespected, Sam, <laughs> like let's just get that out of the way this is the exact same thing that they said about the whole separate but equal situations back in the day uh with segregation when they wanted to keep black kids in one school and white kids in another and what was the argument that was made was that separate cannot be equal because they are separate someone is going to get the shorter end of the stick by the very definition of being separate, 
The very idea of being separate means that one is not equal to the other. If you are being disrespected, you are not equal. Point blank, period. I I hope for a time when these older white owners have moved on and are no longer owning these teams and we're starting to get younger faces in there, more progressive faces. Um, I don't even necessarily want to say more. I don't even want to say progressive or liberal, actually. Just more accepting faces, different faces with different mindsets. That's what I'm looking forward to, not just in the NFL, but in the world today. It's been far too long that individuals get treated differently solely because of the color of their skin or because of where they come from. And we see it every day. So I'm waiting for the day that this really finally comes to an end. Hopefully it happens with sometime within my lifetime. We'll see. But as of right now, this is the world we live in. That's all I have for the NFL. Um, Roger Goodell, stop being a stooge, please. Like, That's all I have. <laughs> I, I can't I can't even speak on it anymore. That's all I have. Stop being a stooge. Do the right thing. Um The Last Dance is over, but there is another documentary, at least that I'm super interested in. Um 30 for 30 on ESPN, uh, they released or you know shouted out a whole bunch of or I'm using the wrong word, previewed a bunch of some of the upcoming uh, 30 for 30s that they're going to do. They're going to do one on Bruce Lee, which I'm super excited for. If you know me, you know I'm a huge Bruce Lee fan. I think Bruce Lee is like the most badass individual to walk the face of the earth. And it's probably the most dangerous individual to walk the face of the earth. Um, so yeah, <laughs> uh, super excited about that. So that's going to be something I can look forward to. I can't wait for that to drop. But that is all I have for you guys. Um, thank you so much for listening and checking in um you all are amazing um this is episode 20 by the way i didn't even say which episode this is this is 20 i've been doing this for 20 weeks now that does not sound real it really feels like i just started it does not like this literally feels like i might be on week three episode 20 is crazy (laughs) um but thank you all for listening thank you all for being there um yeah (laughs) Um, but that's all I have for you guys today. Like I said, this is the instant replay podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, joining me. Um, and I will talk to you guys next time. Uh, as always, I leave you with the quote Kobe Bryant once said, no one hates the good ones. They only hate the great ones. Go out there and make some haters. See you guys next time.